0: Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us once again this week. And I'm here with Pastor Nick Katie, who is the Pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. Come visit us sometime. If you're ever in the neighborhood, and uh, we are back in our series called "Desiring the Kingdom," and we're looking at the books of First and Second Kings. It has been a while. We took a break uh, for uh, our Advent series, and then, of course, our Vision series. and And now we're back in Desiring Kingdom. If you miss any of that, even we go back and listen to our Christmas series. Go ahead; they were really good. Vision series, WhitefieldsChurch.com. Get over there. You can download those messages there, or they're available on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And if you would, please um, rate and review, uh, share, give us a thumbs up, subscribe, do whatever it asks you to do. The more you engage with the content, the more you share, the more you rate and review it, uh, the more it gets out there. And when people are asking questions about life, about the gospel, about God, uh, you know, our answers can come and show up in their search engines. And so if you would do that, that would be great. Just remember to subscribe ring the bell, and all those fun things that you probably hear every single time you watch or hear a podcast. And so, as I said, we're back here in Desiring the Kingdom, and we were looking at um, uh, the chapter, 2 Kings chapter 13, Developing a Heart for God, right? That was t- uh, the, the title of our sermon. And uh, you covered, covered quite a few topics, and one of them was... Um, very important was talking about the the idea of God hearing the prayer of an unrighteous man and that God hears uh, hears the prayer and we were grateful for that because we were all unrighteous and God heard our prayer and we cried out for help and said Lord you know help and, and we cried out for salvation and cried out to be saved but when I was sitting in the in the congregation listening to the sermon immediately came to my mind First Peter chapter 3 where it says husbands live in understanding with your wives and so doing your prayers will not be hindered. And so I just had that that thought, well, there there are times, you know, um, where where God, I wouldn't say doesn't listen, but maybe doesn't respond to our prayers. And maybe to clarify that, maybe, you know, talk through that a bit. This yeah,
1: and so re- here's what it really gets down to is this issue of, um, is it our faith that is a factor in having our prayers be heard or answered? Is it our righteousness? So two things. Is it our righteousness or is it our faith? Now, obviously, faith plays a role. Jesus said to his disciples, if you had the faith even of a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, be uprooted and cast into the sea, and it would be. Um, And, and yet like, for example, there's Isaiah 59, this passage where it says the hand of the Lord is not too short that it can't reach you. And the ear of the Lord is not too deaf that he can't hear you, but your sins have made a barrier between you and your God. So it would seem that faith is an issue when it comes to prayers and having them answered. Righteousness can also play a a role. Like for example, in first Peter three, you don't want your prayers to be hindered. So live with your wife in understanding to the husbands. Now, um, how does that work then? If on the other hand, we have people like Jehoahaz who pray and they're not righteous and maybe they don't even have any faith. Um, I'll put it this way. Let's talk about the faith part first. I think that sometimes people get off track with this faith thing when it comes to prayer because I think now clearly Jesus said that and he says to them ye of little faith right it says anything you ask we should ask in faith um and then Hebrews defines what that faith is right we know that God is and that he's the rewarder of those who earnestly seek him so we have to have enough faith to believe that uh On the other hand, though, I think that some people, you know, they would say, hey, I prayed for something, and I didn't get what I asked for, and they'll say, well, you must not have had enough faith, right? Like, if you would have had one more notch of faith, then you would have got what you asked for, and that can lead to some pretty bad places, to be honest. It it leads to putting burdens on people, and it can lead to some really terrible things, and I could tell some stories about that, but um, Here's, here's what I think is so interesting about the mustard seed analogy that Jesus uses when it comes to faith. The, the mustard seed analogy... At the time, now we know now, uh, science and stuff like that, but people at that time, in their opinion, in their world, the mustard seed was the smallest of all seeds that existed. Now, of course, Jesus speaking to people in that context, let's say, even though Jesus, knowing everything, might have known that later on we would discover smaller seeds, the point is that to those people, that was the smallest seed. So he's meeting them on their level and saying, if you have faith, even the smallest imaginable amount of faith then you can say to this mountain, why? Is it because my faith is accomplishing that? Not at all. It's because I have the faith to do something, which is what, ask God to do that and God can make a mountain be uprooted and cast into the sea. One of my favorite examples of this is in Acts chapter 12, where we see um, Peter, the apostle, is in jail and they're having a prayer meeting at the church to pray for him to be set free from jail. So there they are praying, you know, God set Peter free from jail. Yes, Lord, we believe you can do it. God set Peter free. And then God does set Peter free. It says an angel like lets him out of the prison. And then what do you do when you get let out of prison? I guess you just walk to... The house of the believers who are praying for you. So he does, and he knocks on the door and it says that the servant girl, uh, I think her name's Rhoda, right? She goes and she opens the door and she sees Peter, It's funny, and she like slams the door in his face and says, oh my gosh, runs back and said, guys, Peter's outside. And instead of asking a question which I would ask, which is, why didn't you let him in? They say, no, that can't be Peter. That's impossible. We all know Peter's in jail. Maybe it's his ghost, which is also a very strange conclusion. (laughs) Rather than believing that God did what you asked him to do in prayer, you say, nah, it's probably a ghost, because Peter's in jail, and we all know that you can't just get out of jail, right? So here's what's so funny. They're praying for something, but they're clearly not praying with a lot of faith in what they're praying for, and yet... I would say that's a good example of what mustard seed faith looks like because they have enough faith to pray. They have enough faith to admit that God can do this and ask him to do it even if they don't really have confidence. And so some people would say, hey, if you're going to pray for somebody who's sick, you're going to pray for something that you want to see happen in the world or in your life, you got to pray with faith because if you don't have enough faith, it's not going to happen. I would challenge that and I'd say, look, uh, I think you can pray even when you have very little faith that that is going to happen. If you have enough faith to turn to God in the midst of that and ask for it, I think that that, um, that God, that, that, that God uses that faith. I have a good story with this. You know, I prayed for a lot of people over the years who've been sick and, um, I've seen some people be healed, which is incredible. And I've seen a lot of people not be healed, prayed for some people who are sick and they not only didn't recover, but they've died. Right. Now, you might say, okay, well, if we go with the faith idea, was it me, the prayer, who lacked faith? Or was it the person receiving the the prayer who lacked faith? Or was it the people who agreed with me in prayer? Who is to blame here for God not answering this prayer? Who lacked faith? My opinion would be to say that I think that once we have prayed, um, we have to trust in the sovereignty and providence of God. Um, But here's the thing that happened to me. So one time I was visiting uh, the U.S., I was living in Hungary, I was visiting the U.S., it was like a Sunday afternoon, I had spoken somewhere in the morning, I was at my parents' house, and I was just watching football. That's the only thing I wanted to do, watch football on TV and relax. And so the my mom comes and says, hey, my neighbor across the street has brain cancer and she's getting surgery tomorrow. So could you pray for her? And I'm like, all right, fine, I'll pray for her. So she, my mom calls her over. And so this lady comes into the, my mom's house and, um, you know, like um, I prayed for her. But, you know, I mean, like, I, I don't know this person. I, and I i mean, brain cancer is pretty serious. So I prayed for her, asked God to heal her, and then said, okay, see you later. Let me know how it goes. I went back to watching football. Next day she comes, like half her head is shaved because they were about to do surgery. They do this MRI, the cancer is gone. It didn't come back, which is great. But again, it was one of those instances I definitely wasn't taking credit for that because I didn't pray very uh, fervently or like I. my heart wasn't in it to my that's to my own detriment right like I should have been better but I wasn't and yet God was good so praise the Lord for that I would just say Pray for things, right? Pray. And don't, don't get all stressed out on like, do I have enough faith? If you have enough faith to pray to God, that's mustard seed faith and he can move mountains. Uh, the other thing, when it comes to righteousness, I mean, clearly this is an issue, but yet we have unrighteous people who pray and their prayers are answered. So how do we make sense of that? I think it comes down to a matter of, of God's mercy. And he, here's a phrase that I heard someone use once, and I thought it was the most helpful, um, phrase I've ever heard when it comes to prayer. He said, look, God is a father, not a genie. He's a father, not a genie. And you know, uh, as a father, I have kids who ask for things and, uh, sometimes they'll ask for things and I would say, you know what? I don't think you're ready for that. Like, you know, um, Hey dad, I'm, I'm five, but I want a motorcycle, right? Like, no, you know what? Maybe not right now. And, uh, the idea is that You know, if a a six-year-old asks for a bazooka, it doesn't mean that they should have it, right? But they really want it. And they asked and they said pretty please. They said the magic word. Um, That doesn't mean that they should have it. But see, a genie is obligated to give you what you ask for if you say the magic words. God, as a father, isn't obligated to give us anything that we ask for. He filters all of it through his love and concern for us and knowing what's best for us. So in the case of a husband who's being hard on his wife or harsh, you know, maybe God will say, you know what, I am not going to answer your prayers for a bit just so that you can um, maybe repent and get right with me and your wife before we move on, right? But with a guy like Jehoahaz, right? It says that the Lord answered his prayer, not even for Jehoahaz's sake. It was for the sake of the people of Israel whom he cared about, his covenant people. And so I think that that's the way that we have to look at prayer, is first of all, um, it's so much less about us than we like to think things are. And it's so much more about a loving Father. And yet He says sometimes you don't have because you don't ask. So come and ask. Ask a lot. Ask in faith. Ask confidently. Ask knowing that I'm a good Father. Um, And what that means is that you can ask for things and you can say uh, you know, I don't know if this is the right thing to ask for or not, but I'm going to ask it. You know, and we don't... I I hear a lot of people when they pray, it's almost like they're trying to give God an out, right? Like they're like, hey, Lord, please do this thing. But if you don't want to, that's okay. I, I think, hey, I get your heart. I'm with you on that. But I don't even know if that's necessary. I think God knows that he doesn't have to do it, right?
0: (laughs) um, He's figured that out. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I think we can just say, God, please do this. And you're a loving father. And if it's not, if this isn't what you want, okay. That's what amen means. Your will be done. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's the key there. I think it's just, we need to pray. We need to pray. And isn't that what Satan... Desires to do nonstop is derail our prayer lives. It's getting to that point where we're just praying, whether it's Peter on the water saying help or it's a long drawn out prayer or whatever it is. It's just get to that point and just go before the Lord and make it a regular thing in your life to communicate. What is what is prayer is basically communicating. You talked about that desiring a heart for God. It's understanding and knowing God and how we do that. We pray. We, we spend time in communication with the Lord. And so, yeah, no, great, great takeaways uh, for us today with that. And uh, if you missed the sermon, just some great content for, for a great way to, to bless you. And, uh, you know, maybe there's somebody that you uh, know that needs to hear that sermon, too. So share it with them. Send it to them. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on Facebook. You can find it on a podcast whitefieldschurch.com and we look forward to seeing you again next week God bless